the Kuzari, the next thing is going to talk about is uh, we spoke about visions of how Hashem was depicted by the Nevi'im. The next thing he's going to talk about is Malachim. So again, this page, uh, print is page 42. And uh, the Kuzari says, Umal'achus Hashem, the Malachim of Hashem. We know in words from the Torah, a malach can mean an angel, can mean a messenger. And therefore, when we're talking about malachim, we're talking about emissaries. Hashem sends messengers to do various jobs. They're called malachim. Except we're talking about something on a non-physical level. So then the messenger, which is meant to do a job, uh, is called a malach. Now, there are two kinds of malachim. And this is going to explain to us. He says, the Gufimayasari means we spoke about that the four building blocks in this world of the physical matter, which is fire, water, sand, and air, and that makes physical matter. There's a corresponding uh, four spiritual or non physical, shall I say, building blocks that makes malach. And therefore, a malach, also, a malach also has a body, a malach also has a form, a malach also has uh, like the abilities that a malach can have, except is missing a physical dimension. Uh, is that because all the four elements are all more ruchni? In other words, uh, all the all the composites, uh, so to speak, base ingredients which Hashem created malachim with, are all on a spiritual level. All is even a mashmos in some places in the Zayar that uh, whereas the person is there are four elements: being water, fire, like we said, air and, and earth. The malach is only made out of three. Which is water, fire, and air is that earth element which man doesn't have a body. Because that's what gives things that's more physical. But water is appearance. also physical. Water is physical, but if it's just water, then not the mind. We're not made of water. And even though it's made of water, we don't see water there. We just see an expanse of space. So, exactly what the composition of a malach is seems to be a discussion. Either way around, that's what the Kazari calls Yusayim Dakim, which means. Base materials which are more dark, which are less noticeable, less physical, and therefore we talk about a malach also having, having legs and having a body and having a head and having wings, and uh, it's just a non physical, which means something we can't see because it doesn't have a physical representation. And now there's two kinds of malach. There's some malachim which are created to do the job they're meant to do, uh, which means that they have a limited existence. They created for a specific purpose. And once they do their purpose, then uh, they finished the purpose of their creation. They return to whatever their, their we're going to call the nefesh of a malach was before it was given a specific form and a specific job. And the Gemara talks about that in the Chagig, and the Gemara talks about malachim were created every day, and then return to what's called the naradinur, which means the source of the fire, which is the malachim's nefesh from the Shema comes from. It's done its job, so it's a people. A person's job is normally over a longer span of time than just a day, or just one individual mission. But there's such a concept also that is a person's fit for a mission, after which his, return, his shama returns to where it came from. Similarly, by a malach, there's something called a temporary malach. Which means alochim is there to do a specific job, and having done that job, they fulfill the purpose they were created for. But we live forever, though. And the shama. Yeah. Right. If we're talking about the neshama of a malach, then he's not talking about it. He's talking about the being of a malach. They're also Malachim who their job is a steady job. And therefore they're always there because the job they have is something which isn't a once off thing. It's a job which is always which is always um, 
forever kakayim. It's always in existence. Like the Menachem who hold the Merkava, or the Menachem who knows about Gabriel, Michal, whatever it is. Menachem who their job is a steady job, and therefore, that's Menachem. They're always there because their job always remains. Okay, so that's the that's the second kind of a, a Menach. When Philosophers spoke about uh, spiritual things, maybe they were talking about Marachim, it doesn't know. It doesn't make a difference what the Philosophers said, really. We know that the Marachim exist, we know that the Marachim have jobs to do, and then, like I said, the different kinds of Marach. Within the world of Marachim, there isn't just one level. The Ramam and coming from Chazal lists 10 different levels of Marachim, which means even within the realm of Marachim, they aren't uh, all the same level. There's level above level above level. Many, many different malachim on many different levels have different jobs to do. Levels just means different different tafkidim or levels means different levels of ruchnius? Different levels of ruchnius. And like we spoke about many times, when there's a transfer of ruchnius from level to level to level to level to level until it gets to this world, so then it goes through all these levels too. They're just uh, within the world of Yitzhira, which means the world of malachim, there are lots of subcategories. And it goes just like in this world. Uh, where Shefa comes down to the world of Asir, there also could be many uh, points along the way where it gets transferred from stage to stage. And, and there's Malachim in each level? Yeah, of that world there's Malachim in each level, yes. Which means in the world of Malachim, there are lots of different ranks of Malachim. We're going to call it that. Like Fanim, Chayim, Ishim, Bnei Rekim, all different names, right? Those are the different levels. Right. Or the Malachim of the different right. levels. Right, right. By people, do we find that also? There's no really such differentiation of people. Let's see, between Yidin and Goyim, we find... Well, we find between Yidin himself, between a, a Novi and a normal person, and a guy and an animal, and a plant. And in, in our world, there's also lots of different levels. Okay, so that's the... That's the explanation that Kuzari gives for what Malachim are. And therefore, when we talk about the Nevim who said they saw Malachim, so the suffix we have about it is which Malachim did they see? If the Malachim that they saw were Malachim who were there uh, for a one-time job or the Malachim who were always there. Now, it's very strange um, that, that, that there's a suffix about the Malachim which Daniel saw, for example, because Daniel said he saw Gabriel. <coughs> he says, he's, he's standing on top of the river, he saw the vision of the Malach standing above the river. Malach introduces himself as Gabriel. So that, that's not a temporary Malach, it's a standard Malach. But he's not talking about that particular Nevoah, he's talking about the Nevoah where, similar to what Yeshaya saw, that he saw Hashem sitting in judgment, is Nevoah in Daniel also, where Daniel says he sees Hashem sitting in judgment, he just says the kind of same part, just in Aramaic. But that together with Yosef and the Tzvah Shemayim, which means the Malachim were around him, which Malachim were those? And why is it a Suffolk? In other words, obviously, the folks talks about the Tzvah Shemayim, means the host of heaven, the armies of Hashem, as being Malachim. He doesn't give them names, obviously, there are lots of them. So why would that be a question of whether are those Malachim Kayomim or not Malachim Kayomim? So really, this is part of a bigger question, not just on explaining what Ishaya or Daniel saw, but explaining what's called the Malach was a steady job, which means in Hashem's judging, and the Malachim who are going to be sent to punish or to execute the judgment, is that a Malach steady job? That he's the Malach who's next to the sheriff of the Besson Shomala, and if he's a, those are the Malachim who he's the Malach, whose job is to carry out uh, the Mishpat of the Besson Shomala, 
Or do we say, no, each mishpat creates a new malach. And therefore, the, now that Hashem has decided something, the, to carry this out, He's going to create malachim to carry out this job. And therefore, do we say that those are the malachim who the malachim are mishpat in such a word? And then their job is, any time the Din Shemayim, these are the malachim who sends to execute the justice, or do we say, no, when Hashem decides to do something, He then creates the malach to do the job. In which case, there will be temporary malachim. The, the Rav mentioned. Now, yes. The, the Chazal teach that teach us, and we know this from Kabbalah as well, and that is that every time a person does something, whether it's good or it's bad, it creates a malach. And uh, if it's something which is good, it's a malach, which is a good malach, in other words, a malach of Kedusha, and if it's, someone did something wrong, or said something wrong, any Avera creates a malach ra. And the Gemara says in the Vedasar that there's malachim or to punish him after he dies. As, uh, the Apostle says that the chet is kosher by kekelef, as whereas in the malachim, which are gravized mitzvahs, is v'halach lefanach atzakach. So yes, there's a concept of a person's being punished by the malachim he created. That's not what we're talking about here. That's the person's individual, so to speak, uh, individual reward or punishment in the Olam after he dies, Olam al-Hashamas is executed by either the Malachim he created negatively who, from his various will punish him, or the Malachim which he created from his mitzvahs will be the source of how he's going to get reward. But that applies to the person after he dies. When HaKadosh Baruch is deciding to punish in this world, so then he's, he brings the Tzvah which means his, so to speak, if you can call it, the Malach of the army. The police force of Shemayim, whatever you want to call it, and those, those are the Malachim Hashem sends to punish people if they do punish. That's not necessarily the same thing as the, the punishment that he has to, uh, the Malach that he has to associate with because of, which is something which is more the, the punishment of the, of the person after he dies. It could be. The person will, will be suffer from that missile too, but that's normally if the person is true. And therefore, part of the true is to deal with the Malachim is created with three Zaveris. Whereas in, in these cases, we're talking about Kaddish Baruch punishing definitely on a big scale, and we're talking about the Mashkas, the Hashem's force of avenging angels, so to speak, and who they are and what they are, that is not sure about. Right, so are these things once of things, are these things permanent things? When it says Moshe killed Afin Chaimah, is it a once of thing for that particular Afin Chaimah, it means all the Afin Chaimahs, whatever it is, that's the same topic that the Kazari says he doesn't know. Okay, now that's one thing. That's what a malach is, that's what a malach's job is. And like I said, we know that the malachim whose job is constant, so those malachim are around constantly, they're always doing their job. So, but they could take on physical form, though, right? If a malach sent to this world to do something which needs physical form, it could take a physical form. Like Zavram met Malach. Right, a lot of people did. It doesn't make a difference if it's a once of malach or it's a steady malach. Right, there's another point of discussion um, among the Mufarshim as well. It's not exactly what the, what the Ghazari says here, but we're already talking about it. And that is, when we talk about a Malach who we name, is there one Malach with that job? Or is any Malach who's sent to do that kind of a job given that name? In other words, is a Malach Rafal. The Malach Rafal is meant to heal people. We know he features a few times. Even in the Torah, not by name, but he came to heal Avram and he came to uh, save Lot and whatever else that the Malach came to do. Is that one Malach called Rafal who is always around, he's the Malach of healing? 
and therefore he keeps that, that same entity of that malach appears every time we talk about the malach rafal. Always rafal the name we give to a malach of healing, and therefore any malach which comes to heal is called rafal because malachim don't have individualized names. The so and so and so and so. The name of the malach is the job the malach doing, and if that's the case, it could be lots of different entities of malachim. But when that malach is sent to do a job to heal somebody, we call him rafal. Just like if a malach is sent to do a job to to avenge somebody or to fight on Hashem's behalf, we call him Gabriel, which is the Gvura of Hashem. And if that's the case, how this question is going to be, and that is, is that when you're talking about the, the Malach Ra, we call the Satan, is there one of him? Or is there any Malach who's coming to marshal the person? In other words, it is part of the brigade of Malachim who are marshal people, that's their job, so we give them the name the Satan because he's fulfilling that job. In other words, do we say that like by a person, a person has a unique identity which is defined by his name, does that apply to a malach too? Or is it a title of a malach, more a title, like we'll say doctor. Isn't one person a doctor, there are hundreds of doctors. Pyro. Right? Or Pyro, being the king of Egypt, there's only one, there are lots. If that's the case, is Rafal like a title? Like it's like a human healer will call a doctor. The malach who's healing will call Rafal, and therefore there can be a whole a lot of Rafals. All the doctors, if you're going to call them, are the malachim. What do we say? No, it's an name, it's an identity, and therefore it's one specific malach who has that job. Which is another interesting point to think about, obviously. Not having had experience dealing with malachim, we can't really answer that question, but uh, that is discussed also in the Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about the malach. The next thing we're going to talk about is when we talk about the kvad Hashem. It says, the kvad Hashem It's the glory of Hashem. What does that mean? What do you refer to talk about the kvad Hashem? So he says to Interpretations. You offer two offerings. If if malachim have no have no offer, then could they talk? Yes. Are words are words a physical malachim? Even our words are a combination of eshmaim and avir, not not offer. That's good. Just the the physical chaymer that we have is is offer. Yeah, the physical body is offer. Okay. So now what's kvod Hashem? So you're going to say two shots, and the first one is um, what we would imagine. But the second one is a tremendous chiddush. Let's see how I explain it. Ukvod Hashem hu aguf hadak ahoylech achar yechavetz elakim hamitztayer kafi sheyirtze laharis alnot. Kafi adas yechayna. This first explanation of what Ukvod Hashem is, kilo something which a person can see, can vision. It's like a, maybe a halo, a light, a glow, whatever you're going to call it, which is where yechavetz elakim that he wants to show uh, a navi that where his, so to speak, where his presence is. So it would be visible in the term of some kind of a light, some kind of a aura, an illumination, which would point out to this is a place where Akadish Baruch Hu is like is speaking from or is directing somebody to, uh, just like it says by Ramavino, when on the third day that they saw the place where the Akedah was meant to be, how did they see? Because they saw the Kvad Hashem on the, ha- on the mountain, whatever it would be, and therefore it was something which Navi could see in terms of <coughs> Hashem wants to show him this is the place where the the shchina is the shchina that is invisible, but it shows you know, in some way that you can see uh, a, 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 something which will allude to that. That's really explained. Like you said, the first shchina is for Hashem. And but the second shchina for Hashem as well, and that is um, from the notion of uh, somebody is covered. He has a brings from a pasuk, and that is somebody is kaidim. Uh, Somebody's uh, utensils are covered. And if that's the case, yeah, Kvayd Hashem, 
כל המלאכים והקדם הרוחנים, כיסא ומרכבה, הרקיעה יפנים וגלגלים. Which means everything Hashem uses us to speak. The whole, uh, all the things which we see in relation to Hashem. The Kisya Kovat, the Merkava of Hashem, the Merachim are carrying that, all the other forms of Merachim involved, the Ifanim, the Gagarim, the different Merachim involved in running the Merkava. So that whole uh, vision of everything surrounding Hashem, so to speak, all these possessions, if one wants to call it that, is called Hashem's Kovat. When we talk about the utensils, the possessions of the king, he called it his covet. And brings a pasuk for this. Boston Shaft Mitzvah is like further if name. When Bnei Dan traveled, they they put their their possessions in front of them, and it's called their kvoida. So therefore, maybe kvoida Hashem means kila the things which Hashem uses. Now, if that's the case, we still talk about ruchni things. Whether it's we talk about the Kisya Kovan or the Merkov or the Malachim, whatever it's going to be. But his main inclination here is it's not a vision of Hashem. It's a vision of what I, the, the spiritual uh, tools, if one wants. The spiritual things that Akkadish Baruch Hu uh, we see in relation to Kira interacting with him. And now comes the Kiddush. You have explained it like that, says the Kazari is a suggestion. When Moshe asked Shami or Kavit, he didn't need to see Shami yourself. Hashem, maybe even in the question, in the request, Moshe knew it wasn't possible. And therefore the request was to Shami your Kavit. Shami the Merkavit, Shami the Kisya Kavit, Shami all the things you use in the world, and obviously not a direction, Shami yourself. And if that would be the case, how did Hashem respond to that? Listen to what he says. Hey, yes, I'll show you my Kavit. Which means, he says, I don't mind showing you the cover of the Shekhinah, but obviously you can't see, uh, you can't see the Shekhinah itself, or Hashem himself. And therefore, Moshe was shown all the covers, which means the, all, all the various levels of Malachim and uh, the various covers of the different levels, but not Hashem. That what based on the level of the knowledge that he was able, able to behold, what he was able to see, was how much he was shown. And if obviously Moshe is the greatest knowledge, he was shown the maximum amount of Hashem's cup. And he's at all of the Kalim? Right. <coughs> at the same time? Right. So he's with the Pasuk, because Moshe's question was, and Hashem's answer was, And normally the Pasuk explained that Moshe was asking respectfully. What he meant to ask was, but to say it to Hashem, show me your face, and respectful. So he said it in a more respectful way, show me your covet. But so the way the Kuzari explained it, there two different things. Moshe asked to see Hashem's covet, and Hashem agreed to that. Hashem said, but you can only see it to your because you can't see Pana, which Moshe never asked for. It's a very different way of reading the Psalm. Okay. Either way, Moshe was privy to seeing all the various levels of Malachim, and Kesia covet, and all the other things which would be included in covet Hashem. In Akkadish Baruch's. Utensils, so to speak. Yeah. David, why, why did he want to see those that, that helped him grow in Ruchnius? To see something means to understand. So it was a level of understanding of how everything operates, not not just to see like a picture of So when Hashem told him uh, that Rishi uh, Sachoyre, he was saying, I, I'll explain to you everything 
besides for my existence itself? Right, in other words, what does it mean? There's the way the world works, which is run through the Kisiyah Kavar, the various levels of Malachim, and maybe that is all shown to Moshe. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides what he wants to do. So the Daniel, Hashem didn't tell Moshe, Hashem didn't tell Moshe what he's going to decide, or how he decides. And he says, that's up to me. But uh, how things work, you know, as once Hashem decides to do something, how the system will work from the top down, that's the cover, that's what he showed. Now, the age big voice of the Nevim could see whatever they were able to on their level, and big voice of, like failing them, but on a much lower level, obviously, what we would be able to see, you know, on a much lower level, even though not Nevim, and how they're going to see the Hashem's cover, Kamaiha Anon, the Aish Lichelis, the Masharagathan. When the Klaish on the Midbar saw the Ananiya covered or the Aish the Mizbeach, they were also seeing Kvayd Hashem. Again, because these were also things which were being used as Hashem's things that He used. And He used them to eat the Karbanas, He used them to protect the Israel. But then again, it doesn't mean the vision of Hashem, it rather means that they saw things as it were belonging to Hashem. And this is very different to the first part I said earlier. And that is that these things were a representation that we knew Hashem was here. Now he's saying a simple chat. Simply in terms of understanding it, so it's the biggest condition of the words. And that is that the cover that they saw in all these things meant things which were used by Hashem. And if Hashem used the final Nizbeach to build the Karbanis, Hashem used the anonym to surround the Jewish camp. And therefore they called Hashem's cover. But they were real clouds? Real okay. Like a spiritual higher level cloud? Yeah, that's right. So they could see that. And that was something which... Uh, was Shaykh to Hashem, so that's what it's called, it's his luggage, his things. Were they going able to see the Ananiya Kavit? It seems like it. So they didn't have to be at any, sp- at any certain level of roughness to see this Kavit? Just like they're going to see the final is there. They would? Probably. It wasn't something which only some people would be able to see. The fire in the Mizrach was on wood, it was a real fire. It was a fire on wood, but the fire came in the Shemayim. <laughs> But so it lit the wood on fire. It, yeah, it, and at the end of the day, there was ashes. Right. So it was a real fire. So it was a combination. In other words, uh, what the Gemara says about the fire, that even though the ashes are in the Shemaim, mitzvah the ash in the that we have to light the physical fire here and supply the wood to burn it at the same time. The ash comes in the Shemaim. Mm-hmm. And also it lasted the whole day. Yeah? Oh, the whole time, they would that. Then you have to throw more logs on? They did. For the same reason. Because uh, the mitzvah to bring the Did they only. Light in the morning, and then it lasted. Was that one of the? No, no. The the those... Snake is right. They used to bring in the morning and with the they used to bring wood to add to the fire to keep it burning. And that amount of wood, apitava, would have been enough for the fire to last that whole time. It depends between the first and second person English. When in the first person English, second, second person was probably yes, because there was less, there was less prophecy there. And then it talks about they have to make a whole pyre of wood, it wasn't just two pieces. So, if you want to burn up a whole cow, it takes so a lot had, of wood. So they had to make a whole pyre, it talks about how they did the milta myrocha. Whereas in the first verse of the there's much more that the fire was more miraculous, and therefore they had to throw in a log to carry in the midst of being machacham the fire. But the amount of how much it burnt was, was not good there at that Okay, so that's the, that's the course of the Hashem. The Yesh, Achar of Ainero Dak, Yesher. Obviously, we said it's at different levels, so then it depends. The levels that people who are not Nevi'im can comprehend, the levels that only Nevi'im comprehend, and there's a level which uh, is higher up, and not even know you can comprehend either. And 
which means if he's going to force himself to go beyond his ability, the composition of the person will get separated, which means basically he'll, he'll, his Hashem will, will connect to something above his ability to be held, and his Hashem will, will therefore detach from his body. Now, we have this in Arsena. Kaius will not collective in the level to hear Hashem speak. And therefore, when they did hear Hashem speak, then the Shamas went up. What's the reason for that? We've said this lots of times. And the Shama, on the one hand, is connected to Hashem. On the other hand, is connected to a person's body. If you have something which is connected to two different things, and you pull them apart, so where's the rope going to go? Stronger. Depends where the connection is stronger. So if nothing's pulling, because the person in the Shama, on the one hand, is connected to the other hand, is connected to the body, there isn't an extreme of either one which is pulling it in different directions. So then it stays holding the two together. But if now there's going to be an extreme flow of Ruchnius, uh, exposure to something much higher up, so there's much more pull to the side of Ruchnius, so what's going to happen? So what's going to happen is, whichever side is weaker is going to get detached. And this is an interesting point. The rule is, the Nasham is more attached to Hashem than it is to the person. And therefore, wherever there's going to be that pull in either direction, the Nasham is going to stay with HaKadosh Baruch and the body gets left out in the Nasham. And that's why when there's a very strong tug to the side of Ruchnius, the Neshama gets pulled along with that, and the body just stays behind. In the Nefesh it's exactly the same thing in another direction. If Leilainu, a person is over a Chi of Kares, which means a very serious severe, so what's, what's happening? So in the what happens is there's a very big pull on the body to the side of Tumma. What happens is, it detaches from the Neshama. Because the Neshama is going to stay in to Hashem. And therefore, the, if there's going to be a Makam of detachment, it'll always be the body from the Neshama. Not the body and the neshama from Hashem, and therefore, well, and therefore, what happens about Karis is that the neshama stays with Hashem, and a person's body gets detached from his neshama. So now he's around without a neshama because his neshama he pulled himself away from his neshama. Oh, but he's still alive. He could be alive because of his nefesh, which means his life force, but he has no doesn't have a neshama. Or it could be he died from Karis, in which case he lost his nefesh too. But the, the basic idea is the same idea, just in opposite directions, and that is whenever there's a a, a big separation between the Ruchnis and the Gashmis, then they're going to get filled further apart, then, then the Shama is always going to stay with Hashem and detach from the body in either direction. As we said, standing over here, if a person tries to see more than he's able to, so then he can't take that, that elevated surge of Ruchnis, so to speak, then the Shama is going to leave him and stay with the Ruchnis. Just like we can see by people, they're not able to see the same thing. The person who's weakened has weakened sight, so he can only see light in a much like a much more uh, minimal light, just like what we'd see, like say, in twilight. It's not so strong anymore. from each end of Trotos, the is a bat, who they assume was blind. The Mishan of Trotos is from his eyes; he can't see properly. But Chadusha Rus. And people have a weak sight, like Yeru Kim They go and see in the sun, in the shade, under the sunlight. Umisha, Yeru Sechazak, person has strong, a good eyesight, a strong sense of vision, Yeru Hashem, which you can see in the sun. Aval Esam, Hashem, Mishpa Esakus, Latzuchal Ayn Habitanah. Whatever good your eyesight is, you can't look at the sun and say it's in it. You know, it's too strong for a person to look at. So even though normally a person has healthy eyesight, you can see most things, he can't see something too bright. Ve'im Yitchak Luzeh. He's going to force himself to look at the sign. He's suffering. He's going to go blind. It's too strong for a person's optic nerve, for a person's receptors to take. 
And he said, it's the same idea as Kvayla Hashem. And that is when a person is able to behold, you can see, a person who tries to force himself to behold something beyond his ability, it damages him. Uh, it's, uh, just like this, looking at the sun, is bad for your eyes. Okay. Which is something which is referring to, like we said, the, the Hashem's, in the second chat, Hashem's possessions, or Hashem's uh, utensils, what he uses in running the world.